0: Hi, this is Dr. Jed McCasco at Academic Influence at Wake Forest University. And over there is Stuart Roystatcher, and he was at Duke University. So he's still a professor, once a professor, always a professor. And we're here with Prof to Parent podcast to talk to you today about college rankings. In fact, that is how I met Stuart because he had a very funny. Ranking site. Tell us about your ranking site, Stuart.
1: Yeah, so this was many years ago. I put together a college ranking site that is a parody of all the other college ranking sites, in that it sounds lofty and self-important, and it makes ridiculous claims that I can rank universities to the level of like five significant figures of precision, and... I have a staff that combs records around the world. And really all I did was have a random number generator that ranked the universities. And every time you pressed reload, it re-ranked them. So if you waited long enough, your school could be number one too. And I did this, (laughs) I can't remember when I, I think it was maybe even 20 years ago. It's still up, it's called rankyourcollege.com. And uh, it made the newspapers like uh, the Boston Herald, I think, and Le Monde in Paris. That newspaper ran a, a full page article about it. They had fun with it. And of course, the Harvard student newspaper picked it up and it still gets used, and some people keep confusing it for the real thing. That's what I find <laughs> is that it's obviously a parody of U.S. News and all the other ranking sites. But some people believe it's real, and I've uh, been asked to be interviewed as if I'm a legitimate ranker of colleges, and <laughs> I've been asked to opine, and I have to say, you do realize this is a parody, don't you? And they go, oh. yes. I didn't know. So so (laughs) when you write a parody and people can't tell the difference between the parody and the real thing, that leads you to believe that the real thing is also a parody unwittingly. Right. Yeah. Right. Yes.
0: And that's where we're at right now. In fact, you've been gone for two weeks. And so I filled in the last two weeks with interviews. And my first interview was with the former president of Missouri State University, who is now a writer for Forbes.com, and he writes about higher education, uh, Mike Nietzsche. Uh He is a great guy, and we had a great time talking about whether the government should pay for people's higher education bills if they can't pay it themselves, which we just saw happen. So it was very timely. I interviewed him, and then a few days later... Joe Biden helped me out and, uh, you know, gave us something to talk about. So Um, and then last week um, we interviewed a guy who um, used to write speeches for Bill Clinton. Uh, So this is Paul Glastris, who was at the U.S. News and World Report as uh, as a a corresponding, you know, editor and stuff. He, He lived in different places. He was a world correspondent. So he wasn't directly involved in ranking. But of course, he knew what was going on with U.S. News and had lots of fun stories. And then uh, he became the editor-in-chief of the Washington Monthly, and he's been there ever since. Um, and he was instrumental in getting the Washington Monthly to create their own college ranking, which is not a parody of U.S. News and all the other ones, but, but it is very different. So he explained how his rankings were different, and, uh, and we had a lot of fun talking about it. So since we're sort of in the ranking mood, I thought you and I could talk about it. And what would you say, you know, besides the fact that people couldn't tell a parody from the real thing? What what is the real problem with the real thing, and why is it such a such a, a farce? Uh,
1: there's no way to objectively rank one university ahead of another. So when you once you make that decision, it, it, it's like arguing who's the greatest of all time as. A basketball player, right? You can come mm-hmm. up with your top 50, right? And, or your top 100, and somebody else will come up with their top 100. And there will be a lot of the same players, but the actual ranking of whether LeBron James is number one or number four will depend upon the bias of the observer. And U.S. News came up with the first really to come up with a formulaic. Pseudo rigorous approach to ranking universities to I think three significant digits, and it reflects the bias of U.S. News and their formula, and they jiggle one one way of understanding just how dishonest U.S. News and World Report is is that they jiggle that formula every year so that they get a different number one. Otherwise, there's no excitement, right? If every year for the last, Princeton's been at, I mean, U.S. News has been at this for about 40 years. If every year for the last 40 years, let's say Yale is the number one school, according to U.S. News' metric, who's going to want to buy the issue for this year? Because Yale's been the same school for forty years. They don't change that much. Here's the key. Universities don't change that much. So if the rankings change, if number 18 goes up to number eight the next year, all that is happening is that they've changed their formula for ranking. So they generate excitement by changing their formula. It's a con game and people pay attention to these jiggling of rankings where you the number one school is now number five the next year. What happened to that number one school? Did it change at all over the interim? No. So they create this idea that there is dynamism in academic institutions when, as you know, they move at glacial speeds
0: and their <laughs> rankings okay.
1: shouldn't change. And that's why I created that parody site. If you want your rankings to change, all you have to do is press the button. You can get them to change as quickly <laughs> as every hundredth of a second. So all I did was do what U.S. News does, which is jiggle their formula, except I do it at the request of the, the site, uh, the person who visits the site. And it's called, again, RankerCollege.com. Right yes.
0: Okay, well, yes, you focused in on that part of U.S. News, and, and that is, I agree, a bad aspect. But playing the devil's advocate, there's two things that they could say. One is, what about the case of Northeastern University in Boston? Um, they moved up dramatically in the rankings with a concerted effort, and it was nothing about the jiggling of the formula that brought them from, I don't know, they were at 169th spot, and within a decade and a half, they got up to the 49th spot. And you know, it was clearly not because of jiggling. It was because they started doing the things that, uh, you know, mattered the most to the rankings. So that's one thing. Then the other thing is that um, they say, well, we need to jiggle it every year because we didn't get the formula quite right. We didn't include Pell Grants and how many Pell Grant recipients uh, each school has. And, and that's an important aspect of equity and this and that. So we've got to add that in. And then that jiggles the rankings. But But it's because we're We're improving our algorithm, and therefore we have to. We we aren't just doing this for the show. Uh, We're doing this because our ranking wasn't perfect. Now we're getting it more close to what it should have been.
1: Yeah. But what do you say about those
0: two objections?
1: I would say that U.S. News is patently dishonest. All right, that's what I would say, that they're in the business to make money. So let's go back to the early 1980s and look at the state of U.S. News and the weekly magazine, which doesn't really exist anymore. So we have to go way back in the time machine, way back machine to the 1980s. And there were two prominent and profitable weekly magazines in print where you got glossy pages sent to you every week. And they were on newsstands at every subway uh, time and Newsweek. And, And everyone, not everyone, but many people, religiously subscribed to those magazines or bought them at the newsstand, and they were considered to be very important. And then a distant third in the weeklies was U.S. News and World Report. Always a distant third. So they, they, I don't know how profitable they were, but not very. And then they were bought by a uh, very rich man who Back then, a rich man meant like a hundred million dollars. Now it means a billion, right? And uh, a fellow, I'm not going to name names, came up with this idea that U.S. News, they didn't realize what a great idea this was from a marketing standpoint was going to rank universities. It was going to use its reputation. It had a reasonable reputation. It just was a distant third. It wasn't like the the national Enquirer. I'm not going to say it was like that. It was a respectable third place magazine that Mm -hmm. uh, an individual at that magazine came up with the idea of ranking universities. And that just took hold. You know, I can't remember, the number one university at the time. It probably was Harvard or Princeton or Yale. And they published this thing, which ranked the top, I can't remember whether it was 50 or 100. And the world took notice because it was entirely new. And it gave this idea in people's heads for the first time ever that you could somehow decide which university was better than another university. And U.S. News and World Report made gobs of money from this issue, and they came back and did it again and next year. And then you started to see their algorithm change from year to year in order to get dynamism in the system. That's the reason why they do this. They can come up with excuses as to why they do it, but they do it to generate dynamism that isn't really there. And they started to make money from not only their annual issue, but a separate standalone annual issue that not only ranked universities, but also ranked graduate programs. And if you have ever seen one of their forms that they send to university chairs to rank graduate programs, you realize that that's hocus pocus too. So it's all a house of cards That is very profitable. Now, fast forward forty years, forty years in the future, and all these weekly magazines are essentially dead, right? Nobody reads the Nuclear Weekly News because everyone's on the internet. No one's getting glossy magazines anymore. Newsweek is internet only, right? I think Time is internet only. I think, and U.S. News, what's left of it? Really is oh, they also do consumer rankings now, like for cars and stuff like that they try to be a, a consumer reports uh sort of a a low road consumer reports for for consumer items and they do university rankings and their their biggest profitability is that they happen to own some valuable real estate because they bought that real estate went back when u s news was a real physical magazine and and that's really uh Uh, the, the, their, their bottom line really is really as a real estate company, inadvertently.
0: (laughs) I didn't know that. Well, I do know that they, they still make money on their rankings. So that's good.
1: And they change them every year to create that dynamism. And it has had a pernicious influence on the admissions process because I would say that it is the driver for the funneling of admissions into a handful, perhaps 20 to 50 schools that every kid under the sun with dreams is applying to who didn't apply to those schools before. So if you look at college enrollments, college enrollments actually peaked, I think, in 2010. So one would expect that applications would drop off nationwide as well. And there are many schools where applications have dropped off nationwide. But for the Harvard, Yale, Princeton, MIT, Stanford, the SHIMP, what do they call those? The SHIMP schools? Is that what they call them? Stanford, Harvard, Yale, MIT, Princeton, SHIMP. That's the shorthand for them. I don't know if you've heard that acronym before. I right? have. S-H-Y-M-P. I have. <laughs> Their applications have skyrocketed. Why? Because U.S. News has given them the blessing, the idea in people's head that they are somehow superior and that there is a pot of gold waiting for their kid if they get accepted to those schools. So this funneling (laughs) has taken place and uh, there are many quality liberal arts colleges and universities, in particular liberal arts colleges, who haven't fared as well on the U.S. News and World Report, like they're ranked 100th or 87th, you know, they're also rants and their applications are going down and they're they're having to accept a lower quality of student. And that's all driven, not all, but mostly driven by this ranking system that has created winners and losers out of universities. So we live in a winner take all society uh, that's been taking place, that's increasingly taken place since the late 1970s. Uh, where there's great been wealth inequality. And we live in a winner-take-all society with regard to college admissions as well, which is why some of these universities, not all of them, but some of them, are gaming the U.S. news and world system uh, by trying to make sure their metrics match up with the U.S. news's algorithm and also by falsifying data, sending false data to U.S. news to try to rise up their rankings. Mm -hmm. And and that false data problem has been found out at... uh, at least three or four schools where they deliberately falsified their data to make themselves look good in the U.S. news ranking. So I -hmm. would say U.S. news rankings have had a pernicious influence. The idea before U.S. news is that you wanted to get a good education. And you didn't have in the back of your head the idea that there was a number one. But once you identified that number one, both students and parents said, I want my kid to go to number one. Right. Like when I was at Duke, I would hear many times uh, from students uh, the importance that Duke was in the top 10. That was why they, you know, mm-hmm. they were thinking of other schools, but they were like number fifteen, number eighteen. But Duke was higher ranked, so mm-hmm. he decided to go to Duke. That's U.S. News's influence. And to tell, mm-hmm. at the time, I think University of Chicago, which now I think is in the top ten, was uh, in the lower 10 to, ten to twenty. When somebody tells me I didn't go to the University of Chicago, I went to Duke because Duke was higher ranked. I go, that's not a valid criteria, and. Uh, you must not be very intelligent, and you shouldn't go to either school. Okay, if you really are that easily fooled, you're not ready for college. Okay, okay.
0: oh gosh, but you know, I mean, again, playing the devil's advocate, Stuart, these kids and their parents—they don't know which school they should go to. You know, they know they—they're, you know, if they're if they had a choice between University of Chicago and Duke, they're smart kids. I mean, these are these are kids that have worked hard, gotten good grades studied for the SAT, you know, really worked, worked the system as best they could. They get to the finish line and they're offered two trophies. Here's your trophy. Do you want the Duke trophy or the, or the Chicago trophy? They don't know which one to take. So they ask their friend, well, which one's a better trophy? You know, I mean, why, why is that so bad? Stuart, tell me.
1: Because it represents a lack of common sense. I have a bridge to sell those parents and those kids. If they really think that U.S. News is telling them which school is better, man, I'd love to play three-card Monty with them. I'd love to take their money too, okay? Because they've done nothing. Maybe they do well on their SATs, and they've done well in their schools, but they really have nothing but oatmeal between their ears. Both their parents and the kids i'm honest to god
0: okay now i want to play devil's advocate with you again because you have said on this podcast that there are many fish in the sea just like you can you know find a number of different people that could be your yes. mate and you could have a happy married life similarly you've said there's a number of schools that where you could get a great Absolutely education true okay 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 now now if that's true and you get into two schools Stuart Roy Statcher told me that either of the two schools are going to give me a great Absolutely. education. So I can't go wrong. They're, they're the same price. So I, what, do I flip yes. a coin? That's or what do you I... do. You flip a
1: coin. No. Life is random. You flip no, a coin. Because, you don't go to the class to tell you what to do.
0: Okay. But, but the thing is, is that there's one advantage of going to the higher ranked school. And that is when my mom goes to her bridge club and and they say, where did Johnny go to school? Oh, well, he went to Duke because Duke is in the top ten. There's something to that where there's nothing to flipping a coin. Oh, he flipped a coin. That would be... I would you know, respect I that decision. It's like going to a... <laughs> yeah, but do you think the ladies at the bridge club you know, are going respect that? At those ladies at
1: the, at the bridge club are also consulting astrology. I mean, you know, if you... The U.S. News is like the witch doctor of ranking. Do you go to a witch doctor when you have a problem? No, unless you're a little Mm -hmm. crazy, okay?
0: uh, Right, okay, so the problem is, is that we as a society have given some sort of weight to this completely sham thing. And you did your part by making the, you know, farcical website that tried to poke fun at it, but, you know people didn't even get it that it was just a parody and, and other people didn't see it. So so what we as a society need to do is really get less oatmeal between our collective brains and say, of course, nothing can really be ranked with three significant figures of precision. And, and it's like, you know, people trying to argue that LeBron is better than Michael Jordan, you know, and, and this and that. So, yeah, I think people just got fooled. And we need to come to our senses. And what, what what can we do well, here? Well, right, so here's story.
1: my view. Suppose, you know, you are accepted. We keep going Duke and Chicago. I don't know why, but we'll keep with Duke and Chicago. They're both fine schools. So you want to decide between the two, right? So, what are the criteria? Yeah. Throw out new US news, okay? Just throw out US news. And okay, you don't wanna flip a coin. Life is not that random to you. You really wanna be systematic. And I will tell you, you will get the same education at both places. So you have to ask yourself, well, what are other factors that are important to me? Chicago versus North Carolina. Do I like cold weather? Do I? Yes. Chicago is good. No, (laughs) North Carolina is starting to look good to me. Okay. How close is Chicago or are Chicago and Durham, North Carolina to my home? Is one like 90 miles away and the other is 600 miles away? Do I want to be close to my parents or do I really want to be far away from my parents? Okay. So you can sit there and say, I really love my parents. I want to be close to them. Chicago is close by, right? I'm going to go to Chicago. Or you can say, I really hate my parents. I want to get as far away as I can. Okay. And say, I'm going to Duke. Yeah. Or maybe, you know, I'm going to UCLA. I can get even further away. Or, okay. Or maybe I'll go to Oxford. I can get even further away. I'm just joking here. But you can put all these other measures that are personal to you, that are important to you. You can look Uh at the financial aid packages. They may not be identical. I can save my mom and dad $8,000. Over four years, if I go to Chicago, I'll go to Chicago. Or, I really hate my parents. I yeah. want to stick them with that eight thousand dollars. I'll go to do whatever <laughs> criteria you want to use. They should be fit, that personal yeah. objective criteria to you. All right. Maybe you like basketball. Yeah. I know a lot of Duke students who went to Duke because of basketball. I always groan, but that's their measure. And I can tell you that University of Chicago does not have a good basketball team. Okay. Okay. So <laughs> there are real reasons. <laughs> all right. Okay, But the U S news. Is so not so a when, real
0: so when mom goes to the bridge club, She's gotta say Johnny picked this school over that school because and then right. some they good love reasons. me. And she none of the reasons he wants
1: to be ninety yeah. miles away. Close to that. <laughs> it scores you points, you know. Talk about jealousy by yeah. other mothers. Oh God. Her, her yeah. kid really loves her. Does my kid love me? <laughs> and then you'll start this then these okay. bridge club uh People will start their own internal competition of how close they can get their kids to go to school. You know, they can brag about that. You know, oh yeah, yeah they kids, can brag about they,
0: they're at the community <laughs> college are, they down they the love street. Me so much, okay, <laughs> so you can get into that. Okay, find another
1: criteria yeah. other than U.S. news. I'm sorry, I'm so harsh, but I yeah.
0: Um, well. All right, so let's talk about the Washington Monthly because I thought it was a very nice uh, way of ranking universities. Because what it's saying is, here are the universities that are doing our society good. They have three baskets of, you know, things that they sort of average together. One basket is how well they take somebody in the lower middle class and bring them into the middle class, or you know, middle class and upper middle class. So upward mobility. Second thing is how much research and innovation that they're pumping into our society, new new devices, new discoveries, cures for disease. And then the third one is how do they like help people go into the peace corps, serve, you know, at the local, you know, nonprofits and, you know, just give back to society. So those are your their three baskets and they're saying, here are the schools that are really doing well in that. And the guy who is the editor in chief who who helped mastermind this, you know, he said that A school like Hofstra in New York is terrible, that they do terribly on this. I I didn't, like, call out Hofstra, but he did, you know, and I felt kind of bad for poor Hofstra that it was scoring so badly on this. Whereas, as he pointed out, U.S. News thinks that they're fine, you know, so... So anyway, what do you think about having a list like that? You yeah, know, I know you don't think we can rank the best basketball players in the best universities, but can we at least give us give us a little scorecard of how well that they're you know giving back to society since we put a lot of money through the government If someone wants schools?
1: to give a school by their own measures and make it obvious to everyone and clear to everyone that this is one measure and. And it is not the measure, all right? This is the one measure of, let's Mm -hmm. say, Washington Monthly. And let's say, give a grade to that school. So does it get an A in this or a B in this? Just like when you grade a student. Mm -hmm. Do you really think you can tell the difference between a a kid who scores 94.3 and one who scores 92.7? No, they're both both good. So you give them both an A, right? So you have some sort of metric and you say, okay, in this metric, let's say uh, economics mobility, right? You can come up with some sort of measure for that. And you can say, by my measure, these schools get A's, these schools get B's, these schools get C's, Mm -hmm. and Hofstra gets an F, okay? So uh, (laughs) you can do that. (laughs) And then you are making an honest evaluation. And if you make money doing it too, so much the better and i can i i'm guessing that Uh whenever washington monthly makes its ranking issue you know publishes it or puts it online they probably don't have a physical copy anymore maybe they do uh that that issue gets more attention than it's others all right because people want to know right and so if you're doing it that way, but mm-hmm. if you're doing it to three significant digits and you're making claims that you can tell the difference between number one and number two, I uh, you, you know, you're you're you're
0: <laughs> uh, you're, you're looking for you're people really, don't feel between uh, their ears is what you're looking so, for. So yeah, they're valid. Yeah. yeah. Well we hey hey, we do that at AcademicInfluence.com, we list the first school, the second school, we can go down to somebody you know, but, you know, in that sense, I don't feel bad because it's an exercise in big data. Okay. So we, we, as you know, look through all of Wikipedia, all of Wikidata, all of Crossref, which includes every paper that Stewart ever published when he was at Duke and all the papers he published when he was at Stanford, all those things, all the citations, and we give everybody a, an influence uh-huh. score. And then we, we funnel that influence into okay. your alma maters. So you get and, – and Duke, too, yes. because you worked there for a while. So every, every school you've ever been at, you know, gets part of your influence. And then it all adds up, and, you know, yeah. each school gets a score. And and to me, it's just – that's what it is. It's, it's just like when you uh, do some data in your paper. Do you really think that, you know, one stream had – Certain, you know, uh, did it matter that it I don't know what you measured, but the uh, the number three, of yeah. ions in one stream compared to a neighboring stream, you know, did it really matter? Or or in your book, you talk about, you know, the the waves that were coming from, you know, these geysers and the temperatures and all that stuff. You know, did it really predict uh, earthquakes to two significant, three significant figures? Of course not. But there's right. the data. You just present right. it. It's in a table. It has it has error bars, you know. And so, of course, of course, you present the data. But I because what say, else are you going to do? I so I don't mind that we.
1: My ranking is better than Academic Influences ranking. RankYourCollege.com <laughs> is better than Academic Influence. That's that. I will I will hands down say that. Okay. So that that's what
0: and, and because <laughs> well, better in the in the sense that it pokes fun more rankings. effectively right and at I, U.S. Think, news, right, which me, which it we both want to do.
1: There is a way, it's not just random, it's weighted random for what I remember, based on the wealth of the institution. So I take took the endowments of these schools. And so it tends to be the case that if you roll the dice, it's more common that Harvard and Stanford show up at number one than the schools that are poor. And that's what U.S. News does. I mean, the, the best, they don't do that directly, but the best predictor of U.S. News and world's rankings are the endowments of these schools. All right. So the rich...
0: Mm-hmm. And you have said yeah. on this podcast that if you got a choice between going to a school with right. a bad endowment and a good endowment, you go to the good endowment because it's going to be there right. longer and it's going to have but more resources and more financial aid and
1: dollars so many more. things shouldn't matter. It's the schools. The schools that you have to worry about <laughs> are the ones that have a fifty million dollar endowment. You look at those and you go, oh. They're living off tuition. How long is that going to last? And sure, they've been in Ohio since yeah. 1861. Uh, but uh, their future, given U.S. news funneling all these applications into a handful of schools, and given that we are in past peak college enrollment, I don't think college enrollments are going to go up again. They're starting to decline, and they will continue to decline. You have to look and say, you know, is... is. Uh, uh I I shouldn't mention a name so I won't mention a name uh, no, don't don't, mention no, I don't want to go
0: after western western west virginia was what we decided on as the safe school cuz we didn't think that yeah, that actually so, exists you know, so yeah so western you know, west virginia
1: uh, uh what do I want to say uh Seinfeld University in in Central Ohio. You know, there are all these liberal (laughs) arts colleges in Central Ohio that started in the 1830s and 40s, 50s and 60s and in Central Pennsylvania. And they have like 1,200 students and they have $30 million million endowments. And they're perfectly fine schools. But 50 years from now, they're not going to exist, most of them they're gone so yeah yeah as, yes. and so do i really yes. want to go to school where i'm 70 and someone said where do you go to school I said, well it doesn't exist anymore you know that 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 that's it's like <laughs> oh yeah you really went to school ha huh? okay you've retired then but still <laughs> it leaves a sour taste in your mouth okay so don't go to one of those schools look yeah at,
0: so if you have a choice go, uh, go to one
1: Well, for a small school, at least has a couple hundred to five hundred million, at least. And for these universities, go if they don't have a billion dollars endowment, run. Okay. Okay. Run. Do not go to because <laughs> they're 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 in peril. Okay. That's my own view. Right.
0: Yeah. That's good. Well, I think we've, we've yes. come to some conclusions here. Every every person in our society should throw out of their mind U.S. News unless it's just a shorthand for which schools have better endowments. If they are too lazy to go on the internet and search what is the endowment of, you know, the five schools that I've gotten into, then forget about it. Or the five schools that I'm thinking about applying to, forget about it. Uh, You know, you could just look at U.S. News and report and it's Basically that it's basically telling which Correct. ones are the higher and lower endowments. So fine, you can use it for that, but nothing else. Okay. And the other thing that we've learned is that you should have in your mind things that are important to you. besides. Oh, I'm going to go to a school with the big endowment. There should be some concrete things: how far away from home, how much they personally will give to me. Although you won't That's find until you're out. Bluff. Right, Stuart. Yeah. Until you actually yeah, that, get in, that's, that's really bad. <laughs> you can do some. You can do some estimating, but it's hard to know right. what they will give you until you get in, it's and that's like obviously going to a buy problem. A car, um, but you know, right. unfortunately, it's actually worse than that because at least there's place there. There are places like CarMax oh, where that's the price true. is the price, and you could look it up on the internet. But anyway, so so for for that, you just have to wait. You you apply to several schools. You hope you get into several and then you can ask each of the several how much are you going to give me? And if you're willing to go to all of them, then you take the one that's going to give you the most money. You know? So, that's 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 kind of what we've decided here. With college rankings, it's really about what is important to you. And places like Washington Monthly definitely help us know as a scorecard at which ones are contributing to society. It's good for what it's good for that. And I think academic influence is good because it avoids as as Mike uh, Netzel, who was here when you were gone, said he likes he likes our company. He's not he doesn't work at our company, but he likes our company because it's the one ranking that tries to avoid this whole. If I put ten dollars in, yeah. do I get twenty dollars out? It, and and even the Washington Monthly is saying, well, if you go to this school, it will raise you up in society by giving you a higher income. And they have they even have a special one called Best Bang for Your Buck, which is literally like. Return on investment, how much money you'll make. Which is fine in itself, and I'm glad mm-hmm. there are some rankings out there. But I'm glad that we have a ranking that says it's not just about the money. You know, it, it can be about more than the money. So I think that we've we've said enough about college Stick rankings. If you with have a anything fork. else you want to say? done. <laughs> <laughs> okay. And that's all for Prof. To parent today. Thanks for joining us.